You know, the one thing about those drums is when they kick in, the amount of joy that I feel that it brings me is off the charts. Because the song itself is just kind of like, yeah, that's a cool little jangly guitar line. Mm-hmm. But then that, oh, what a great fill. You know that song, uh, uh Emmanuel. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how that goes now, but there's not the, not the one that's like Emmanuel. Oh, oh come, oh come. Emmanuel. Uh-huh. So like the song is like it's like that's where we're at. But yeah. When yeah. the drums kick in, that's when it's like Rejoice. <laughs> rejoice. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what the that's <laughs> <laughs> It is the joy of that song. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the highlight. It's it the is. highlight. Yeah. yeah. That fill. Who would have known a little kick and low flo- low and high time? That's just a little... F- I think it's called like a flange. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we should often find joy in the simple things, Brandon. And, you know, speaking of joy, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about joy today. Yes. Like, that's what we want to talk about, you know? And, and it's been a joy to uh, joke about drums with you on literally every episode <laughs> that we have done. I'd like to hope this podcast goes for a long time. Yeah. In 20 years from now, we're still making drum drums. We're, we're, you nearing, know? we're nearing the year. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I crazy. know. So, uh, yeah. So we're right around that time. And, uh, you know, if you've been listening uh, or watching, we're sorry uh, and thank you. <laughs> yes, that's right. Right. We really appreciate it. There are people who actually tell me they listen to our podcast. And I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> So you. I really, I really do appreciate you guys who listen, listen and ladies, yes, okay. all of you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you right. still are tuning in, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we we do this a lot, and we've done this a lot this year, where we'll say a word and we'll say, you know, we use that word, but we don't ever define it. Right. We never really talk about what it means. And I think it's important that we do those things because, unfortunately, what happens when we lose the meaning of a word, mm-hmm. we interchange them with other words that don't mean the same thing. Right. And then we lose what some of that meaning is. We have to define terms before we can talk actively about them. So, you know, there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of things that, and, and obviously all by all means continue, put things in the comments or, 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 or email us if you've got ideas for, for topics. But I know there's a lot of topics that are, you know, considered contemporary topics, but we can't even talk about half the contemporary yeah. if we don't know the words we're even using when we're using them. Exactly. You know? Yeah, it's important for us to do. Like, I know somebody asked us to talk about Calvinism a right. Point, right, 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 right. Well, I think we had to set some, we've set some stages for that, for us to be able to do 100%, that. A hundred percent, yeah. Right. We're going to get to some of those things, but but before you start talking about predestination and got to know what grace and mercy and forgiveness and love wow. and all of those, you know, you got to right. know all that stuff. Sure, yeah. Exactly. I think it's also important that we talk about the things that, are part of our sanctification process. 100%. The things that we would define as the fruit of the Spirit, yes. right? So if these are the things that we're supposed to be seeing, we should know what they are. Right. Right? Um, so I get a lot of these definitions. Uh, I, I oftentimes start with Oxford. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, sometimes I feel like it doesn't do it a service. So, sure. So I try to look into some of these things, go a little bit deeper. But um, Oxford defines joy as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um the verb for joy is rejoice, mm-hmm. which is the act of es- expressing joy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I—I I think I knew that, but I never really connected the two. Right. You know? So when you hit rejoice, rejoice, right. you're not thinking like, show joy, show exactly. joy. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But rejoice is literally means show joy. Right. And, and it makes sense. I just never connected the two. Um, so when we talk about, like, joy uh, from the fruit of the Spirit sense— mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about a Greek word, which is 
Chara, C-H-A-R-A, mm-hmm. right? And it literally translates just as joy or gladness. Right. So I think what we get with joy is joy is like one of those words that is used to define other words. Mm-hmm. It's much harder to define define within itself. Oh, hundred. It's funny. Like even in the definitions of joy, yeah. like you used other words that you haven't defined. Like you, it's it's it gets. I think the and you and me, we've talked about this, but like especially in today's world, joy is like the word awesome. Like everybody uses it. Well, we don't even really use joy. We use happiness, right? But but we do talk about joy in that context. But just like also, we use it so much that we kind of have lost. Like, well, what does that really even yeah. mean? You know? Yeah. Well, I I don't think people. I think we've lost it because I don't think people experience joy anymore. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, for I think, sure. I think we've lost uh, some of our ability or some of our desire or some of our passion for knowing true joy. Right. A lot of the poetic things, mm-hmm. you know, of the old yes. have fallen away for the modern apathetic. Right. You know, and for the for the business like structure. It's like love, right? Love right. was eight to ten to twelve different words. And then we were like, nah, let's just make it one word. Yeah. You know, like yeah. And that's joy was like, hey, here's this thing we used to experience. And we're like, nah, joy's just happiness. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm really happy. I'm joyful. That's that's joyful. And you're like is it? You know, because <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. seem like it. Is that yeah. the fruit of the spirit we're talking about? Yeah. yeah. So we're going to get into a little bit of that here in a second with joy and happiness. So because happiness, Oxford defines happiness as a feeling or showing pleasure or contentment, having mm-hmm. a sense of confidence and or satisfaction with. So like we see some similarities there, but if you use the word happiness to define joy as a characteristic of joy, right. then it has to be something else. Well, it has to... And this is, and this was, you know, I've I've done studies and things like that on the word itself, and like that's the one thing that always kind of bugs me is is maybe and maybe this is just me, but I've always seen joy like degrees, right? Yes. And I've always seen like happiness. So like even even contentment, okay? Like let me just let me like I see contentment is like, uh, and I'm just for the sake of today right now, like contentment's like here. It's like the it, it, for the, there's people listening. They're like, what does here mean? It's like if there's three rungs or three levels, happiness is kind of or, or contentment's just kind of your base. Like when I think of contentment, I think of just kind of like uh, your, your existence. You know, like okay, like I'm neither I'm neither upset with things or or I've I'm not too high. I'm not you know Paul. I'm not too high, not too low. I'm just I'm here. Happiness is like, man, things are good, you know, and joy is like that third level, right? You know, and so that's kind of how I've, so even, it's funny. So when you use the, t- happiness is defined by contentment, it's like, well, wait a minute. But well, we, we live in a meme world. We do, right yeah. Now. And and if so if I could de- describe the same thing in a meme. Please like, do, yeah. It's like that meme where like the first one, you know, you have contentment, it's the guy sitting there and he's got the smirk on his face <laughs> and then it gets to happiness and now he's like... <laughs> like starting to like really kind of become animated and then you get to joy and he's falling out of his chair. Right. Exactly right. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so so I but we but we so I almost feel like we don't use it because we maybe we don't achieve it or or maybe we dumb it down. I don't know. You know what I mean? Oh, I wonder if we don't value it. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think you know this is this is way off topic. Sure. Um cuz you know that I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and The Hobbit and I was trying to have this – I was having a conversation with some guys about this. I was like, they just don't make stuff like this anymore, and I, I can't put my finger on what it is about it that that is different about it. You're such an old curmudgeon. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> movies, books, they're all, all trash. My, yeah. my, well, it wasn't that what is made now isn't artistically good. Sure. Uh, or even artistically pleasing, but it doesn't evoke a, an emotion the way these do. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. And, and I, but I can't under, I can't like comprehend what it is that, that it, it is. And so somebody sent me, one of those guys sent me a, um, a podcast mm-hmm. um, and where they interviewed the guy who wrote a book, and it was The Virtues of the Hobbits. Hmm. And what he was breaking down, and I was like, that is it, mm-hmm. is, you know, The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit is not allegory. Right. I've had people tell me that it's allegory. Sure, but it's, sure. But it's not actually allegory. Sure. But it is virtue ethics. Sure, sure. Right? And it it displays um, and and, like, maps out. This is what virtues look. These are what virtues right. look like. Right. Right. And there's so much good um, overlapment with what the Bible teaches. hundred percent. Right. About virtue. Right. And uh, and I'm trying to remember why I got into this conversation with you. But <laughs> you just want to bring up Lord of the Rings. You're like, yeah. It was well. What it came down to was virtues. Right. We don't value virtues anymore, mm-hmm. and we no longer. Okay, so like, uh, here's a great example. Mm-hmm. Honor. Right, right, right. Okay, we don't value honor the way we used to. Right. And and in some cases, rightfully so, because the new trope, so the trope used to be, mm-hmm. do honor even in the face of death. Right, be right, right. honorable right. in the face of death, because it would be better to die honorably right. than to live dishonorably. Right, 100%, right. right. But the modern virtue is mm-hmm. life is more important than honor. Honor, 100%. Because what is the point of being honorable if you're if you're not around, if you're not around to receive it, yeah, yeah, to experience the honor. But right. see, the virtue of honor had nothing to do with what you received from being honorable. Right, right. Uh, at least not within this life. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think in a modern sensibility, we've kind of cast off some of these virtues mm-hmm. and some of these ideas, and so we don't value things like joy. Right. Anymore. Well, we subjectified it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. Like you, like you just said, like we've we've subjectified honor. Like, well, what is you know, like like use Tolkien as an example. Like, you know, in the Lord of the Rings, there's clearly an a, a value, a moral of honor that was that was kind of universally in that we'll say in that context, universally understood. They had that mindset of like, you know, it's honor, it's more honorable to to die doing what is right than to do what's wrong and live. Yeah. You know, and so like. We don't. We subjectified that. So now your honor and my honor don't look the same. Your love and my love don't look the same. Your joy and my joy, you know. Yeah. So let me let me give another example that kind of brings it back to the joy mm-hmm. and is more in the modern sense. Children. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this was something I experienced with my children, especially my first child. Sure. Was seeing them be joyful. Right. Okay. And seeing how they found joy in different aspects of life mm-hmm. that I. Didn't find, and one of the right. reasons why I didn't find it because I didn't value the joy mm-hmm. as much as I valued the my appearance. Right, right. Because in a modern, especially if you grew up in the nineties, right, you know, like we kind of passed through this era mm-hmm. where it was uncool mm-hmm. to be joyful. It was right. uncool to show excitement. Right. It was right. cool. The cool thing to do was not care. Was to be apathetic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which was because the people that we, you know, music really took over a lot of our lives. Right? Sure. And especially in the 90s. Oh, yeah. You know, with grunge and, and mm-hmm. the, way, the direction of rock and roll and all those things, the front men mm-hmm. were not good people. And they didn't have good, <laughs> right. and they didn't right. have good lives. Right, right. And so, like, 
what they personified yeah. was living in existence that was devoid of things like joy. Right. Right. And so I know I'm getting super Rick, philosophical Rick As- here. Rick Astley knew joy. You're Rick never going to give. Joy. I yeah. mean, look at that guy just yeah. in that. Just, yeah, just, just yeah, man. snapping and that dancing. Is, that is joy. That's why I like that. I think, you know, Dave Grohl <laughs> is a guy who experiences joy. 100%. Right. So like, I, so right. it's not that it's non-existent. Right. It's just, it doesn't come out the way maybe it did in the old days. Also, sure. because... The source of joy is different than what we see in the Bible. Well, and that's one that's what gets me too, is it's really interesting just in the Oxford definitions. Like, you know, usually you can go to the dictionary and it gives you a good definition. But joy is one of those ones that you go to and you're kinda like that seems underwhelming. It's very You know, like you're yeah. kind of like, but yet Oxford, and I'm not knocking Oxford, they're just using what the world defines as. And so to me, that says something. If if joy is underwhelming, that means humanity's definition is underwhelming. So you can't yeah. you can't use humanity's definition of joy. Yeah. You know? All right. I know uh I know we uh, uh don't always do this, but we should read some scripture. Oh, we should. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know Carly last time was very adamant about all the scriptures we had. So yeah, yeah pull them up. We did, you know. Uh, all right. So Galatians 5, 22 through 24. This is just going to set a little bit of a stage for us here, mm-hmm. but but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, mm-hmm. peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Mm. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Mm. Now the last sentence is really important here because like, what we're seeing here, though, is, is at the beginning, joy is a fruit of the Spirit, which means that joy is a result of living right. in the Spirit. When we talk about... Right. In the Christian sense, mm-hmm. joy comes to us through living in the Spirit. It comes from God. comes from God. Right. It comes from Christ. It's right. finding joy in who he is and what he's done for us. And that's just what he's done for us. I think that's something we sometimes miss, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> regardless, um, regardless of whether or not you've accepted Christ, mm-hmm. God is still amazing. A hundred percent. Awesome. And, and he's everything, right? Right. You don't have to accept... So, even without Christ, mm-hmm. God is still the arbiter of joy. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, so I think there's there's a deeper level there. But and, and there's a there's a not to derail us, but there is a philosophical argument that's like things like beauty and joy, they have no scientific purpose. Yeah. You know, so you have to look at what. Why do we think a sunset is beautiful? Why does that? you know, make us feel a feeling of excitement and, and happiness and, you know, all – why does that bring us – science can't explain that because it comes from yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and in fact, it, it was those um, feelings uh, and emotions that were inspired through God's creation right. that created science. Right, 100 percent, right. It was the motivator for it. So – but I, I like I like how that how that text actually ends yeah. in, in Galatians. It's really it's really interesting because it says you know now those who belong to Christ crucified and this is really f- interesting I think crucified the flesh with its passions and and I like that last one mm-hmm. desires. So here's the funny thing about the definitions of joy we've talked about so far from Oxford mm-hmm. is they're all based on. You like your passion or your desire or you know what I mean like. They come from you, yes. But yet, this text says, when you you crucify that, when you become a Christian, yeah. You know, there's even multiple levels of that that I think we're going to get into here. But like, I have that written here uh, as the next part of my notes here. It's like it's it's kind of interesting if you consider this joy and the fruits of the spirit are contrasted with following your own passions, right? 
the world is going to tell you that to experience true joy and happiness is to pursue to pursue those things what you desire exactly yeah. right yeah right like you you're unhappy because you have not and and then they'll go deeper right mm-hmm. they'll try to get a little metaphysical with it it's sure. like well it's not it's not the end it's the journey right, right. So, so it's not that you achieved your desire it's the pursuit of happiness right 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 sometimes i get really upset that the founding fathers put the pursuit of happiness into the into the constitution because <laughs> sure. i kind of get it and like but it allows for so many things that will not lead to happiness right right and like the only happiness is found in pursuing god a hundred percent right if you want true happiness so you know that so the world is telling you you get joy and happiness and they use those words interchangeably right through Fulfilling your desires. Right. Which are interestingly um, fickle and temporary, right? right? What I desired two years ago is not what I desire today, you know? Exactly. And so that's why I think maybe gets back to our initial conversation, why a lot of the times we don't get that level of joy in our conversation is because our understanding and our desires are constantly changing. So we feel like joy is an unachievable thing yeah. because we constantly, what makes us happy, we're either, we never grasp it because it constantly is changing or we just can't get it. And I think that that's, that's where the, the biggest rub for me is, is even in Oxford, they say the word happiness is happiness is not joy and joy is not happiness. Right. Um, but there are some overlaps. Sure. Right. And so I found some, some examples online, and I found some things that maybe we could bring out here. Yeah. And, and I'll read some of these statements to you, and I want to hear your thoughts on them. Mm-hmm. So, like, here's some, here's some expounded meanings for happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. So, happiness is an emotion in which one experiences feelings ranging from contentment and satisfaction to bliss and intense pleasure. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Joy is a stronger, less common feeling than happiness. Witnessing or achieving selflessness to the point of personal sacrifice frequently triggers this emotion, feeling spiritually connected to God. Hmm. Right? So there's like this, there's something deeper. So like happiness meaning is kind of confined to moments. Right. Where joy is the fruits of labor. Well, and I was going to say, I to, to kind of convolute things a little bit, happiness is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Joy is the result of Jesus's action, right? Like, yeah. like joy is coming from from what God has already done. Like, you, like, and this was I I talked about this a while ago. It's like, how do you find joy in the midst of terrible, awful situations, right? How do you how do you have joy? Because when when you have nothing going your way, it, it's hard to be like, yeah, I'm going to find joy. Our joy comes from Jesus. Happiness comes from, like you said, momentary bliss. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, that was a that was a really cool, good thing. What about? But 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 joy is this deeper. But I like what but you said there. Joy comes from a sense of selflessness. Yes, you know, and that's the difference, the well, big difference. Compare that selflessness mm-hmm. to the point of personal sacrifice. Sure. Is personal sacrifice an enjoyable feeling? No. Would you describe that? Would, would right. you say that you are happy to experience personal sacrifice? Right. And when you look at the words used in happiness, we see contentment, satisfaction, mm-hmm. bliss, pleasure. Mm-hmm. These are personal. Personal, 100%. percent apply to you, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like happiness and joy are the battles in the war. Right? For sure. Like, 
happiness, you don't always win the battles. Mm -hmm. You're going to win some, and you're going to have some happiness in life. Right. But happiness has never been guaranteed to you. Right. Joy, especially in Christ, joy is an understanding of that the the war is won. Won, right, right. right? So it doesn't matter if I have happiness in this moment. It doesn't matter if I win this battle. Right. The war has already been... Right. Right. So some some of the causes of happiness, mm-hmm. earthly experiences, material objects. Yep. Right? So you receive something cool. Somebody says something nice to you. Those mm-hmm. Joy comes more from spiritual experiences, uh, caring for others, mm-hmm. having gratitude, mm-hmm. thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Joy is about uh, – joy is, again, it's an external – like mm-hmm. it's it's an external – Joy comes from perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like you can you can you know, we have a radio station here in St. Louis, Joy FM, and it always you know, it said like their thing is their catch is like choose joy, right? Like that's you know, that's their sales pitch is you know, choose our radio station. But I always think that this that's an interesting theological concept. Like you can choose you can choose joy. You can choose yeah. to be thankful, to be grateful. You can even choose to be content. You can, you know, you can choose happiness. I mean, technically, I guess you could, you could, this is the world's, that world will say, yeah, you can choose to be happy too. No, because happiness is a response to things. You know what I mean? Happiness is like, oh, cool. That made me happy. I'm glad. Your response in a situation of personal sacrifice Mm -hmm. that chooses joy, that chooses to to rejoice to praise God in light of circumstances and situation, that that's where happiness you know what I mean that's where happiness and joy begin to differ because happiness kind of happens as a result of a good something good yeah joy happens regardless of good or not yeah let you know me, let me give you an illustration this one might be a little hokey but uh, bear with me because uh, this was something that happened recently mm-hmm. my son got a slinky for Christmas <laughs> yeah. okay it's great when his grandparents got everybody it. loves a slinky and it's true everybody does. <laughs> You know, and so he got, and he 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 had like a moment of like, oh, this is so cool because it was one of the things he didn't think of getting, mm-hmm. but like the fact that he got it was right. really cool. Oh, this is so cool. Yeah, you know, so he's experiencing the until moment. it gets all tangled up, and you're like, how do I separate? He's this? experiencing this moment of happiness, right? Right, because he's got a slinky because it's his thing, right? right. Um, his sister, my daughter, played with it, mm-hmm. like was looking at it, and this is like he just got the thing out of the box, uh-huh. did something. And like warped it, it tangled up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and so now, so now, like when it sits, it's like it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, dude had it out of the box for five minutes, right? <laughs> now she didn't intend to do that, mm-hmm. and she, you could just see it on her face. She felt so bad. Sure, sure. And and he was he handled it like a champ. He was mm-hmm. kind of like, and he didn't get mad at her, mm-hmm. but he was saying things like, "I wish these things." Worked better. I wish they didn't. Sleeky does need to up their game if that's right. still yeah. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do they? Why do they do this? <laughs> so you know, uh, me trying to be a good father. Like mm-hmm. I immediately jumped on Amazon and ordered a three pack of Slinkies. Sure, because you knew it's gonna. <laughs> right. Two more. Two more just right. in case. <laughs> so I'm gonna have another one. I'll replace it. It's a couple dollars. Yeah. I want to replace it. He was so excited about it. Let's get it. Sure. It, it stinks to get something as a gift and then immediately have it broken. A hundred percent. You know. Well, what I didn't know is my daughter had gone to my wife and said. I want to use some of my Christmas money to replace the slinky. Very cool. Because she felt really bad about it. You know, sure. Very it obviously cool. wasn't intentional, right? Uh, so that, of course, brings me a level of joy. Right. Um, now, so what happens is I, I find out that that's the case. I tell her, look, I've already ordered these. Mm-hmm. I've already got these. Do you want to be the one to give it to him? Mm-hmm. She said, yeah, I really would like to do Sure. That. So 
They come in. I give it to her. He's sitting on the, our couch, and he's got the slinky in his hand, and he's like, and he's, <laughs> he's a, yeah. just, just he's, sad music. He's he's, he's, yeah. just, just kind of slinky in a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and and she's like, hey, can I see that? And he he's like, no. Like, he doesn't want anything more to happen to it. And she's like, well, I just thought you would prefer to have this one more mm-hmm. and hands him the box of the fixed one. Uh-huh. And like, and like he he looks at it for a second. He doesn't really say anything. Doesn't mm-hmm. really, but he sets the the broken slinky down, and he stands up and he hugs his sister. Aww. And like, and I'm sitting there watching this, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, so look, getting something cool is joyful, right? Or is, is it's happy? It makes it makes you happy. Uh, sure, makes you happy. Gratitude mm-hmm. to the point of love. This is joy, right? His joy is not in the slinky. No, because that that's it's a. Hundred percent. It's a token. It's a memento. It's right. a little thing. Right? right. The joy was in the love and the care of his sister. Right. The relationship yeah. there. Yeah. That's exactly right. That yeah. she cared enough to to do that for mm-hmm. him and and to want to to take care of that situation. Right. You know. And like that was joy. Right. And that's what's that's what I think is you know and it's not in our notes but I do think it's you just said that like let me put that in a theological sense like. Joy in a lot of ways comes when God does the unexpected, right? That's why Jesus is so amazing. Is no one expected God to send us? I mean, if we read through the, if we read, if we read the, our, our, we would know the Savior was coming. But, right. but no one expected Jesus to come and die on the cross for us, like right. that, like, like that. And so there's this, there's this sense in the same way, like your son didn't, he didn't expect to get a new slinky. Yeah. So he was like, well, I'll just make do with what I got. And it is what it is. He's lost kind of the happiness to it, but it's still a slinky, you know, but then your daughter does the unexpected mm-hmm. and there's something deeper that happens in that moment. And like, that's what God does constantly. And I think that's why happiness falls short of God because God, happiness comes from unexpected things. Yeah. But it's fleeting. What God gives us is, is momentous moments that will, I mean that that sounds weird, but like that's going to shape their relationship for for years to come. Can yeah, because he'll remember that. Like he will remember that, and and it might not be as meaningful to her because she's like, I, I broke a slinky, I did. But like that was a that was a. It sounds weird, but that was it was a life defining moment. Now it might not be a life defining moment that like changes their trajectories, but it is. It's a good thing, and so I think that that's happiness is not life defining moments. No, you know what I mean. No, uh, so yeah, so like happiness typically is an outward expression of elation, right? You know, uh, where joy is an inward peace and contentment. Mm-hmm. More often than not, yes, there is rejoicing. There can be that outward expression as well, but. Um, you know, and in your living, you find happiness can be experienced from any good activity, food, or company. Mm-hmm. Where joy is a byproduct of a moral lifestyle, but right. I would go further and say it's the byproduct of a life in Christ. A hundred percent, right? Because right. that's where our morality is coming from. Exactly, Mor- right? There's not a subjective morality, right? Right. right. Um, so, let me. I'm gonna read a, a quote here too, as well, that I found. Happiness may be caused by luck, good fortune, or <laughs> other person-centric pleasures. Mm-hmm. Joy is caused by elation at a moment in time. Mm. Joy may not always be about oneself, but be about others. Contentment mm-hmm. also. Happiness is about self's pleasures. Happiness may dwell on materialistic, worldly pleasures, while joy is derived from soul-satisfying emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like. And the important thing for us as Christians is, like, even in seeing all that, there's a lot of openness to be about searching. Like, you could take this and apply it in a right. in a uh, secular sense of, like, searching within for joy. Sure, sure. Okay, but, like, 
you aren't you don't produce joy. You can't. You don't produce right. Joy, right. You. It's, it's a fruit of the spirit, the literally. Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, C.S. Lewis said, "I sometimes wonder whether all pleasures are not substitutes for joy." <laughs> right. Right. And I think that's. I think that's really. Um, I think that's a really apt saying, and I think that it, it goes back to what we've kind of been saying about the the condition of the world. We chase immediate pleasures mm-hmm. as opposed to long term fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that is what our culture is about: mm-hmm. immediate gratification as opposed to long term fulfillment. And I think that the that you know it's interesting too because like that's. Like that's the devil's playbook, right? That's like that's what Satan wants is you to search for earthly pleasure for temporary happiness. Because if you were to if you were to say that, and I think that this is one of the things that like I have I have seen and I've talked to I know some very successful people who have lots of money, more money than I will ever make in my entire life. I mean, altogether, they make more in a year than I'll make in my life. <laughs> and 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 it's funny because you'll talk. I've been in rooms with people. Um, Group large groups, and I'll talk to them, and some of them are miserable. They they have everything. They have boats. They have cars. They have houses. They had planes. They had helicopters. They had everything. Um, I mean, co-owners and sports teams. Like, and yet they're miserable people. Yeah. All the things that the the world says: if you do these things, you'll be happy. And then I've sat one on one with some people who are who are those people who are Christians, and they said, Brandon, the reason why I'm a Christian is because I I chased all of that. And still felt dead. Yeah. I still felt a void. I still felt, and I think that that's why, like th- Satan wants you to chase that because if you chase that happiness, if you chase those material things, you chase those earthly pleasures. What you're not chasing is the joy that only Jesus gives, right? So you're not chasing God. And I think that that's the biggest distraction in our world today. Is so many people say a relationship with Christ isn't going to pay the bills. Yeah. It's not going to get you the car you, you do. They 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 say it's 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 secondary to yeah. everything else. Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, just from what we've learned and talked about right now, like if you really want purpose and meaning and joy in your life, it's pri- it's the primary thing, man. Like that's the only thing. Yeah, you're you're one hundred percent right. Uh, okay, so I want to read from a um, from a blog post here from fifteen seventeen dot org, which is a uh, a blog that's really dedicated to commentary on C.S. Lewis. Which I mean, if you're not picking this up yet, I'm a. Like, it's hard for me to read something by Lewis and not feel affected by it. You're um, a real big fan of like that, like mid 19th century, yeah. like Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. They were, they were, they who was, he, out, who was the other guy? It was Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, and there was a third. I can't remember who it was. I wish I could tell you. Oh man, I can't remember either. I have to find out. We'll have to find out. We'll have to find out. There's three. I know there was three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I, and I have been thinking about starting like my own like little like uh, club where we just get together and smoke pipes and talk about C.S. Lewis. Uh, that would be so rad. But the, the requirement would be that you, you can't actually read his work. We have to comment on his comment on the commentaries about him, which is something that would make him angry. Uh, all right. So this came from 1517.org. Um, and so, uh, and it said this, I found a rather different definition of joy in C.S. Lewis's autobiographical work, Surprised by Joy. It's an interesting name of Mm -hmm. this book. I didn't know he had written this book. Early in the book, Lewis speaks of an unsatisfied desire, which is itself more desirable than any other satisfaction. Mm. To this feeling, he gave a name. 
then this is C.S. Lewis. I call it joy, which is here a technical term and must be sharply distinguished both from happiness and from pleasure. Joy, in my sense, has indeed one characteristic and one only in common with them. The fact that anyone who has experienced it mm. will want it again. Apart from that, and considered only in its, qual- in its quality, it might almost equally well be called a particular kind of unhappiness or grief. <laughs> but then it is a kind we want. Mm. I doubt whether anyone who has tasted it would ever, if both were in his power, exchange it for all the pleasures in the world. But then joy is never in our power, and pleasure often is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this to be, like, this is one of those things that I could sit with that pipe and just, yeah. like, ruminate on for a really long period of time. The commentary. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> but these statements that he made, like, um, like okay, so just that last one there, that he, yeah. you know, uh, joy is never in our power, mm-hmm. but pleasure often is. Mm-hmm. You know, we can create a moment of pleasure. Right. We I- cannot create an everlasting joy. I love I love what it says. I, I I doubt whether anyone who has tasted it would ever, if both were in his power, exchange it for the pleasures of this world. Like yeah. he, I, I think it's funny because the way he's explaining joy is it's, it's well he even said it's, there's grief attached to joy. Yeah, which is so antithetical to everything. We hear and we we think joy. Like I said, how I think so many people tend to look at joy is like joy. Here's contentment. Uh-huh. Here's happiness and joy is extreme happiness, you know. Like, right. but he's like, no, no, no. Joy, joy happens even in grief. It even happens in unwanted. It, 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 it's to a fact that a lot of people would prefer pleasure over joy because they think pleasure is better. But, but I love what he said. But if you've tasted it, if yeah. you've actually had joy in your life, it's an unsatisfied. You, you, you always want. You never can. You always want more joy. If you've yeah. had joy, you want more. He describes it as a longing. Yes. Right? It's like joy is that is that longing mm-hmm. for what is better, mm-hmm. you know, and for what you know is there, and even when it's out of your reach. Well, and I think, too, like joy has a yeah, – I was that was, joy has that sense of because we if we begin to understand it in this context, it is out of our reach. It's not yeah. it's it's not out of our reach, it's but it's out of our control. Uh-huh. God, God is the one, the gifter of that through the Holy Spirit. But, like, I think, like, if you begin to really, like – Break that down and understand that the a joy comes from Jesus, but like just I'm I'm just thinking about like how how so often we we convolute bad situations mm-hmm. and then say things like and we blame we blame God or you know what I mean like we become bitter or whatever, but like when you fully understand like. Joy comes from the, 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 like, this is for me, like, in a bad situation, and this sounds really trivial, but I can always tell myself, at least I've got Jesus, and that's enough. You know what I mean? It really is. Um, I think, I think the thing is, maybe, and maybe this is why, um, this is why it's hard for people to experience joy, is because oftentimes joy comes after Mm. bitterness yeah okay and oftentimes like have you ever heard the the statement it's um uh, nothing 
uh, nothing worth half worth having mm-hmm. or anything worth having is worth working for, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's a football coach uh, who sadly passed away last year, uh, Mike Leach. Mm. I was a famous college football coach, and I saw a clip of him talking to his his football team, and he was like, he was like, we just beat our rivals. Mm-hmm. They're a good team. They're a hard team. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, but nothing's fun unless it's hard, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's a similar principle, right? Right? Um, you know, they're. Uh, it's Psalms 30 says, weeping may endure for a night, but mm-hmm. joy cometh in the morning. morning right. And, see, and this is the thing about, so like weeping and sadness mm-hmm. is, is a similar to, to happiness. Right, right. Okay? It's momentary. Momentary, it's right. in the moment, mm-hmm. but it's joy that comes after. And a lot of times what people don't realize is that the enduring through mm-hmm. the hardship and mm-hmm. enduring through this, the joy is on the other side of it. Right. Joy is being able to go through. Joy equips you to be able to go through that, right? Because you know it's on the other side. Well, it and that you know. Let's define another term here because I think it's really, what you're saying that like there are there are moments in my life that have been very difficult, mm-hmm. and I wish I didn't have to go through them. But in spite of all that, I can honestly 100 percent I appreciate that. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and like and, and here's what I mean by that. Like I have found I take joy in situations that were horrendous and. You know, whether it be via myself or what's happened to my family, physical, spiritual, whatever, battles, all of them. But like you said, as you begin to reflect, and I think this is part of where we can find joy in the moment, is if we're in those moments reflecting, right? You know what I mean? Taking that step back and appreciating what's 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 happening. And, you know, we're, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of reading in, in – in, in, I'm going to be doing a sermon series on some stuff, but it's really funny. I've been reading the book of Habakkuk, so I'm going to. So if you hear me preach about Habakkuk in the coming months, it's going to happen. Um, one of the really funny things is Habakkuk brings up all of this, all of these charges against God, mm-hmm. and he Habakkuk's a man of God, and he's like, "Hey, why are you letting all these bad things happen?" And then God's response to Habakkuk is so hilariously amazing. He says, "Open your eyes." Like I think, like joy is opening your eyes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like joy is in that moment. It might not be good, but when you open your eyes and look around, you begin to appreciate, like, yes, I might have lost a loved one. Yes, I may have lost my job. Yes, you know, all these bad things, grief may have actually happened. But when you open your eyes, you see all the other things God is orchestrating still for your good. Yes. You know, and so so I, 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 love, I love that C.S. Lewis because joy is not always good. Happiness is. Happiness is always good, right? Because, well, not always good for you. You know what I mean? Like happiness is good. Like even seeing your vic- like seeing seeing your enemy like destroyed, mm-hmm. that might make you happy, right? So it's it's good, but but only God is good. So only joy can truly be good. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Um, let's jump to John sixteen sixteen through twenty two because I think this is going to take us a little deeper on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Jesus speaking. A little while, and you no longer are going to see me. And again, a little while, you will see me. Mm-hmm. Some of his disciples said to one another, "What is he? What is this that he's telling us? <laughs> a little while, and you're not going to see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father, so they so they were saying, What is this that he says? A little while. We do not know what he is talking about. <laughs> now Jesus knew that they wanted to question him, and he said to them, Are you deliberating together about this? That I said a little while and you're not going to see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. Mm -hmm. You will grieve, but Mm -hmm. your grief will be turned 
into joy. Mm. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish Mm -hmm. because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Mm. Therefore, you too have grieved now, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and no one is going to take your joy away from you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before I jump into this, I want to point out, like the next verses after this is when Jesus says you uh, you have says something to the effect of you have not because you ask not. Right. I think it's interesting because he's he's really contextually talking about understanding. Understanding, sure. Yeah. Because they weren't talking to they weren't asking him; they were asking each other. Right. <laughs> uh, but what Jesus has been saying to them is he's been talking about how he's going back to the Father, mm-hmm. but then they will be reunited. Right. Right. And, and the fulfillment. Um, Charles Dickens said the pain of parting is nothing to the joy of meeting again. Mm. And I think it's especially so with Jesus, right? Mm. Um, but I think the the poignant thing in this, he likens this season to a mother in labor. Yes. The labor is worth it for the joy of the baby. Right. Right? Right. Um, so uh, his, that's his promise to us, that despite hardship and trouble, we are to be connected to him, and that joy cannot be taken from us. And I think that's the part that we have to cling to is... You, your jo- the joy of Christ cannot be removed. Right, right. No one can steal that joy from you, which is really interesting, too, because if you read that, he contextualizes and says the world will rejoice, meaning yeah. when he's without Jesus, the world is going to find joy. But he's saying that's impossible. Like, he's, he's almost telling us the world's going to have the wrong definition of joy. Right. You will know, though, because I, I, you know me, and I'm, and you know I'm coming back for you, mm-hmm. and that's why you rejoice. The world's going to rejoice because they don't have me. Yeah, they have cars, jobs, money, you know, the material, worldly stuff. But and I love, I love how, like you just said, like we both have wives who've had children, and you know, you know that whole process and how long and excruciating, not just birth is, but like the whole, you know, what is it? Gestation? Is that the right word? The whole nine months? I think that's what it is. Sure. Whatever. That whole period, that that's not enjoyable. It's enjoyable for us because we're kind of like, hey, we're here, you know. Yeah. Well, but, it's, <laughs> there's elements of it that aren't enjoyable for us. <laughs> sure. But I got to eat a lot of good but, food. But that's I, for sure. But honestly, I think what we feel in comparison is not as uh, it's not as uh, uh, poignant as what they're feeling in those. Uh, well, and then it's you know what it's funny because every every situation, and maybe you've had this when both of our children were born. Uh, Landry was crying, you know, whatever. But Josie came out and she wasn't not because there's was anything wrong, but Josie was just like. Josie's a different animal, you know, like she is, she is, she's just like, I'm ready to take on the world, you know, like I'm not, you know, and so she came out and she wasn't crying. And it was really funny because even in the midst of all of that pain, the doctors, they weren't doing, they were cleaning her up. Carly was like, is the baby okay? I don't hear her crying. Is she okay? You know, like Carly was very, very, very like, even in the midst of all of that goes back, not about her. It's about someone else yeah. and that joy that you feel, you know, it just, it, yeah, I, I love how Jesus uses that metaphor. It's just yeah. so great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's it's a fantastic metaphor, and and you know, going back to um, kind of what you said a second ago too, as Jesus pointed out, the world mm-hmm. is in its period of quote unquote rejoicing. rejoicing. Right, right, right. Because he has gone back to the Father, and we're mm-hmm. waiting for him to return. Right. We're waiting for that reuniting with him. Um, and uh, and so in the world's joy, what they often are going to do is try to extinguish our joy. A hundred percent. Which is why God says... You can't take it. You can't, yeah. You can't take this from you. But you could give it up. 
A hundred percent. You know, um, so here's where uh, James chapter one, verses two through four come in. Mm -hmm. Consider it all joy, mm -hmm. my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, mm. knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, mm -hmm. and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect, be perfect and complete, mm -hmm. lacking in nothing. So again, right. there's joy that is that comes through these trials and these tribulations. Right. And the only, you know, and that's why, it's funny, like, and that's why the gospel is so amazing and why we share it is because the reason why they can't steal your joy is they tried. They tried to kill Jesus and he's alive. And he's alive. You know, and, and, and I think that, so that's our, I mean, that's our, not only is that our faith, but that's, that's everything to us. That's our hope. That's all, you know, but what's really interesting too, is like you just said, is it's about endurance yeah in this we're in a season of endurance yeah sometimes i really wonder too and not to get i, I don't even know how to explain this but <laughs> sometimes i wonder if we even believe the bible yeah oh my gosh <laughs> yeah i know what you mean yeah um because like it's very clearly telling us to live as if God has already won. Yes. Right? And every day we fight mm -hmm. for an immediate happiness mm -hmm. as opposed to enduring for an eternal joy. A hundred percent, yeah. And I'm not saying that like collectively we're not saved, but I'm what I'm <laughs> but what I'm questioning here is how much of God's goodness are we not experiencing because we refuse to be um, to, to go through trials because mm -hmm. we refuse to go through pain or because sometimes we pick fights mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to go through those trials. Mm -hmm. But those trials are not, those trials are for immediate gain, mm -hmm. not for the glory of God. Well, and it's interesting too, as a pastor, I often find a lot of people, and I'm not belittling this in no means, but I find a lot of people who come who are Christians, who believe and profess, and I believe they are Christians, and they struggle with anxiety and depression, right? And and I completely understand those things. But it's really interesting because as we talk, what I find is very rarely is there the, the proclaimed victory of Christ in their life. Yeah. And I'm not belittling the... Because here's... If anything, what we need to understand is it's okay to be feeling sad and depressed and angry because that's... That's part of that is part of joy, right? That's yeah. one of the things that even C.S. Lewis is highlighting is like grief. Jesus says that. Count it, James says it. Count it all joy that you experience these these terrible things, because I think we equate our faith with happiness, with contentment, with all of the you know what I mean, with all of these worldly ideas of where we you know. <laughs> I'm trying to be careful here because I don't want all the people who struggle with depression to be like, he's. I'm not belittling depression, but what I'm saying it is contextualize your depression. Right. Well, you know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean— Okay. Depression you know, is not a little thing in the same way no. death, death is not a little no. thing. No. Jesus overcame death. Right. We do him a disservice if we say that he cannot overcome our depression. Right. And I don't say that as a condemnation on anyone, but mm -hmm. I, hopefully I say that as a— as a uh, catalyst, right? That somebody would hear that and say, "God is the Lord over your depression. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the Lord over your life." Mm -hmm. The fact that you aren't happy does not mean you cannot experience His joy. Joy, exactly you know? right. And He can set you free. Mm -hmm. Now, look, I, 
I'm not going to say that that freedom is going to look the way that some, uh, you know, miracle preacher might, sure, might sure. do that, but it also could mm-hmm. um, if you give God that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But my point is that you can endure it. You can. For the sake of the joy that is in Christ Jesus, he can get you through this. So right. do not resign yourself. We talked about this a little bit about when we talked about identities before mm-hmm. and things, and uh, is do not give yourself an identity of defeat. Right. Give yourself an identity of Christ, mm-hmm. and Christ overcame. Right, Christ is victorious. Mm-hmm. Right, and again, we want to say we want to feel like we're not mm-hmm. because of the immediate failures, or right. because of the immediate loss, or because of the immediate emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, but the war is one. Well, and 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 two, so you know, like whether it be anxiety, depression, it could be anything really. But I think what James says is so important. Count it all joy. Mm-hmm. And here's why we count it joy. And, and this is meant to to validate the suffering and pain you're feeling if you're depressed, is to understand that God – like look at Paul. Paul asked – it says in the Bible, Paul asked three times for God to remove the thorn from his side. Mm-hmm. And God said to him – basically, he doesn't say no, but he says, I am sufficient for yeah. you. So what Paul understands is Paul hears Jesus say, "No, I, I'm trust. Do you trust me? That's what that's what Jesus say." And so if you're struggling with depression and you're praying for victory over your depression and you feel like you're still struggling with it, count it all joy because that that might mean that God has a plan for that. Yeah. To sh- whether it be a testimony or it be, you know, I have I've seen so many people who still struggle with depression use their depression as a catalyst for the gospel. Yeah, to help people understand that Jesus, in at the end of the day, every day, has conquered death. Yeah, and that even if you're if you are depressed every single day on on this earth, you know, and, and you're struggling with depression every single day. You won't in the next, because Jesus has set you free for all eternity. Yeah, but because feelings have such an internal yes aspect, we often can't see that. We often think that that either has to go away or we're defeated. Right, right. And like, um, I was listening to an interview with a woman who um, she was a very successful businesswoman, mm-hmm. and she uh, had a, a disease or a, a something, and it caused her to require. Um, Crutches. Right, right. So she now walks with crutches like mm-hmm. she has to. And it, it took her out of her business. It took her out of all of that. And she was talking about like praying and all these different things that she, and how she started just incorporating that as to be a part of her witness and her testimony. Right. And and it was interesting because um, – and, and see, here's the thing though. she's That's not her identity. Right. What her point is that her identity is in Christ. This does not define me. It's a quirk about what I have to live through now. Right. Right. Um, and I guess in her church, you know, like she said, she, she was like, it's a little, sometimes it gets a little frustrating because every time somebody finds out about it, that, mm. well, we're just going to pray for you right now. Right. Pray for healing. <laughs> right, right, right. And like her pastor asked her once, like, do you, do you still pray for healing? Mm-hmm. Like for like physical restoration? Right. And she's like, no, yeah. don't. And some people were like, <gasps> you know, and right. she, she was like, but that's, she was, I pray for God's will. Right. 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 And so like the idea that I have to be fit a, phys- a specific physical mm-hmm. form mm-hmm. in order for God to be victorious in my life. Right. 
is absurd. Right. Right. That's because joy comes from God, not from you. Not from you. Not right. from what you're experiencing. Right. right. Exactly. Right. And it comes from selfless. When when you when th- that's a selflessness right there. If you want to contextualize the 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 um, secular definition of it, like the selflessness we're talking about is a selflessness that submits to God's will. Yeah. That says, all right, God, I don't understand it, but I know two things. I know the Bible tells me that you're good mm-hmm. and that all things work together for your good, so I'm going to trust you on that. <laughs> Doesn't seem good to me right now, but God, I know you, you're doing something good. But also that your will may use me in a way that I might not want, but that might mean eternity for somebody else. Like that's what Jesus is, you know, and we get to be the hands and feet of Christ in the absence of Christ. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean it's easy, doesn't mean it's painless, but that's what I think when you talk about joy, joy is not easy and painless. Right. You know, it's godly. You know, it's the cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um I'm going to read two more scriptures real quick. Mm-hmm. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Mm-hmm. And then Romans 15.13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, what we're seeing in some of these verses here is that God grants us joy. Mm-hmm. And we've already said this uh, over and over again, but um, joy is a byproduct of sanctification. Yes. Right? It's a it's a byproduct of living in the spirit. Right. And but we also see joy as an action. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is something that we contribute mm-hmm. to this, right? Mm-hmm. So like let's uh, a practical step. Let's talk a little bit about kind of um some practicalities in this. So right. he says rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice. If you don't if you feel like you don't have joy in your life, mm-hmm. if you feel like everything is down, this is a great time to praise God. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. This is a great time to remind yourself mm-hmm. how great God is, and then to tell God how great He is, mm-hmm. and then from there, look at gratitude. Right. You know, tell God how grateful you are for what you do have. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm struggling with depression, but God, I have. I'm alive. Right. Right. And I have salvation in you. Mm-hmm. I have eternal salvation in you. Right. So find something to show gratitude about. Right. And the more you focus on these things, mm-hmm. the more that joy becomes present in your life. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting too, because I'm a pretty positive guy. I mean, just in general, I'm a, sure. just kind of, that's my outlook on life. Yeah, it's frustrating. And it is. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna, well, I, I've, I've heard that. I've, I've had like people, um, People have said that, like, you know, like, it's easy to say the glass is half full when your glass is overflowing. And, like, I'm like, well, that's actually kind of a good saying. Like, it is. Like, my glass is not – my glass is half full because my cup is overflowing that's in true. the Lord. Yeah. And, and and that's the only reason why I see, you know – but part of what, you know – Part and I don't I don't want to get like this sounds like weirdly like new agey but like positive thinking is so important and what you just named is is like so important like when you are struggling the best thing you can do is take a deep breath take a step back and gain some of God's perspective yeah. like to look at what all like like he tells Malachi like open your eyes like and that's not he's not belittling Malachi what he's saying is 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 okay that might like you said that might not be going the way you want. But there's a million other things in your life. The breath in your lungs. You know what I mean? The, 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 the fact that, shoot, I have two functioning legs. Like, give, give things. You, if, if, that's why I love what the Bible also says about, like, pray continue without 
pray without ceasing, but it also says to give thanks yeah. and offer supplication. And so I love it. You will never run out of God, things to thank God for. Yeah. The problem is we stop looking for things to thank right. God for, you know? Right. Well, then let's let's even go a little bit further in that. Like, even in saying that, like, you know, hey, some things aren't going right for you, but look at all the things that are. Mm-hmm. You know, forget that, because all of that is still about you. Sure, right? 100%. You know? Yeah. So some of this we have to be able to sit back and look at and say, look at a bigger picture. Yes. Look at what God is doing, not just in your life, but in the world. A hundred percent. And, you know, you when we were reading that scripture that Jesus is talking to his disciples, and you you said, you know, the world will rejoice. And right. I hadn't actually looked at it that way until you said that. Sure. Was that the world rejoices because Christ is gone. Gone, and they, yeah. They find joy in doing their thing. Right. It's not a true joy. When I first read that, mm-hmm. I actually read it like this, and, and, and I could have been wrong, but it, for me, it was illuminating. Um, his point was this. Mm-hmm. He's going to be crucified, mm-hmm. and those who know him are going to be heartbroken, right? And they're going to go through grief, right? But the world will rejoice, not sure. because they killed him, sure, but because he will rise again and provide them with everlasting life, sure, sure, right? So I think there is something to be said. Mm, that's a, that's a good point too. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about like what you're going through. Mm-hmm. God can serve a greater purpose with it. Mm-hmm. That is beyond you. Right. But you will never experience joy mm-hmm. if you are focused only on what you have mm-hmm. and only what you have in the moment. Right. Because when we talk about what God has given you, if mm-hmm. you're a believer, God has given you right. eternal life in Christ. Right. There is no greater thing that you can have. 100%. So if you are concerned about right. your financial gain or your, right. your cars or your whatever it is, you right. know, you have missed what is truly important. Right. Right? Well, because all what we concern ourselves with in this life is life. Uh-huh. Right? Like you said, like that's what we've – that's like whatever whatever fulfills our lives, right? But, but Jesus tells us right off the bat, like the one – the only guarantee in this life is that you will die. Yeah. Death is the only certainty. That in taxes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you will pay lots of taxes. Yeah. Um, but But that's the only guarantee we have in life. And Jesus conquers that, you know what I mean. And so I think like that's that's like, and I'm not like I said, I don't want I don't want to, people who are listening to think we're belittling suffering. By no means, no. like like hopefully we're giving you value in your suffering. Suffering to say that God God is using you. Not He's not giving. And this is another yeah. thing. I don't want to say God's making you suffer, but I'm saying God will use your suffering. A prime example of this is I was I was talking to a guy who was going through a terrible divorce. He was heartbroken, and I mean, my heart broke for him. And I was I was telling him, man, I, I don't. I said I don't know. I don't. He didn't understand it. I was like, I don't necessarily understand it either, man. Like I don't have all the answers. I said, I don't know, but he, but I know that the Bible says he'll t- all things for good. Mm-hmm. And I said, and and we don't know what God's gonna do. But we know if we just continue to have faith, like he will provide for you, he will do these. It's like he was having a Job situation, basically. And what was really funny was, so we kept saying that, we kept saying, and that was kind of like became our mantra. It was like, okay, we know God is good. We know God will take care of this. And we're just going to trust. It just doesn't make it easy. It sucks. It's pain. There's crying. There's tears. The ironic thing is a couple years later, He's helping another individual go through that same process wow. because he made it through. And what was really interesting is that just like in Job's story, his story has been redeemed a hundredfold. Wow. I mean, it, it's it's, and I don't say that's everybody's story, but I but I do say like, God doesn't forget you, 
Right. That's the joy we have. You know, like that's where our joy comes from is that he doesn't forget us, he doesn't forsake us. And so even in the midst of immense suffering, we still have that promise. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and so that's 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 why I hate the definition that the world uses of joy because it has nothing to do with the eternal joy that Jesus gives us. Yeah. As a, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I I feel like this is a great conversation starter. I feel like we've we've hit on some things and I feel like you know, I would like to encourage those of you who are listening or watching mm-hmm. to go deeper. Yeah. Look go get into your Bible, read some C.S. Lewis. Read some know. C.S. Lewis, <laughs> read the book of Job, read right. Paul. I mean, these are some guys who experienced some stuff. Yeah. Look, and they found joy. <laughs> yeah. Look look through some of this stuff, you know. Um because there is a joy that cannot be taken from you. Mm-hmm. Um so find that and hold on to it. It's in Christ. Mm-hmm. Find him and hold on to him. Um I, I would just like to say to Brandon, it's been a joy. You know, recording this podcast with you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. I wish I could say the same. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Well, cue those drums. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to say before we go? No, I, I, I think that just as long as people understand, and I think we've said this many times, but you just said it, Jesus has the power to change your life. Yeah. And if you're struggling today and you're listening to this and you're stuck in a situation, as Tim just said, I can't stress it enough, like... Turn to the only one who can save you, and that's Jesus. That's right. Amen. And let these let these drums bring you some joy. <laughs> yeah. Let them lead you into that land of peace <laughs> and prosperity. <laughs> that's right.